0: is jessica this is episode 128 of the double knit podcast yay hi welcome to the month of independence yes in many ways yeah i just did a hand gesture i know that's like <laughs> fancy hand but, uh and- well it was fourth of july yes. this week and also this week my daughter's in california visiting my mom so i'm kid free for the week it's yeah. amazing I have not cooked anything except hard-boiled eggs, and I made ice cream. <laughs> like living a bachelorette lifestyle, except for my husband's here. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, I've been noticing you've been a little more active on Instagram lately. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not having to, like, argue with someone about bedtimes or yeah. picking stuff up. Yeah. So, that's really awesome.
1: That's good. And then I, I was just telling Erin about uh, our family trip. To New York to visit my older son who lives in New York now, which is still a little mind blowing. And my first trip back there since uh, I was pregnant with him. And, uh, it was really interesting too, because like on the one hand, New York has changed so much since I was a kid. Um, and then I grew up just outside of the city, not in the city, but spent a lot of time there when I was a kid. And, uh, and yet on the other hand, so much the same. So yeah. it was like, it was really interesting be like oh right yeah okay I remember this and this and this and then other things where I'm like what the heck happened here you know so it was where <laughs> I was walking along the street with my younger son so my husband um, works um, for at so he was th- he's there to connect with writers on his team who do direct TV stuff and their office is in one Rockefeller Plaza Oh, geez. So um, well, and, this, and it was so funny too because my younger son kept going like what's this and I'm like do you not recognize, like, how iconic could a thing be, like, Rockefeller Plaza or, um I can't even remember, like, certain buildings where he was like, what is this? And I'm like, you've never seen this before? Like, it's pretty <laughs> iconic. So then he was, we were walking, and he said, like, are we going to go see the Empire State Building? And I said, look up. And we were, like, <laughs> there we're like right there. And he's like, oh. And it just, but we were on. Um, I can't remember which side of it, like on the, anyway, but it, it wasn't a good, I mean, we were literally like standing next to it. So then later we were walking somewhere else and we were across the street where you're like facing the front of the building. And then I was like, okay, here, now look up. And yeah. then I was like, oh, okay. So that he Instagrammed because that looked like the Empire State Billington. But, um, yeah, he and I walked the whole freaking city. <laughs> um, t- then yeah. Or so, like one of the things that was didn't exist when I was a kid was the High Line, which is pretty new. So like we walked the High Line, we went to the Whitney. I tried to go to that felt bodega that was open. there. So there's a, a British artist who had done a, uh, like a, a felt corner shop. Oh, yeah. And like, I think it was in London yeah. where like everything in the corner store was made by hand out of felt mm-hmm. and then and available for sale. So she had the, she had one in New York that was a faux Dega. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I knew we were arriving, like, two days before it closed, oh. so it was already sold out, which was a bummer. But we saw the storefront, went to the Whitney, we went to the Museum of Modern Art, we went to the Met. You did it all. We did. We did a lot. Um, walked, walked, walked. He got to go to the Nintendo store. He was
0: psyched about That's right there in Rockefeller Plaza. That sounds like something a teenage boy would want to do.
1: It was. It definitely <laughs> was. We went to the Muji store twice.
0: <laughs> we had to go
1: back. Um... Yeah, we were just we 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 and ate all sorts of amazing food, saw our older son, ate amazing food that he made.
0: It was really cool. So yeah,
1: good awesome. trip. <sighs> that's me.
0: Yeah. So, do you have any announcements? I don't know. Any announcements? Nothing. Uh, okay. Yeah, which is funny cuz we haven't recorded in like 6 weeks. I know. So, I so was just So it's
1: like in like, someone... like January like sometime. <laughs> <No. same> <laughs> May? <laughs> yeah, we tried to get, yeah. We, we it didn't try. work
0: with your, I was, so, what, what happened to me? Now, I, I got a new job, so I ended work at my old job, and then got myself a week of vacation in between, and then that didn't sync up with your work schedule, yeah. and then you were gone yeah. in New York, so it's we just, it just trying. Yeah. we were trying, but we fit, as always. Yeah. And I just randomly about. texted you yesterday, like, Oh, maybe, maybe she can record tomorrow and it worked. So here we are. So here we are. Yay. Yay. Let's talk about knitting. Okay. Um, this would be brief.
1: (laughs) This this will be a brief note for me. Um, I am current, like right this moment as we speak, I'm working on my find your fade, which I was working on six weeks ago, the last time we recorded (laughs) because it's so boring. And also really huge. And really huge. And I've like, I mean, you know, sometimes you're like, you look at a pattern, and you're like, okay, I got it. And you realize later, like, I don't got it. Um, I'm totally pulling one of those on this one, but um, in spades, like I've just, and uh, I just have changed everything about the pattern, not always intentionally. <laughs> There's so many, mis- I mean... There's one thing to be like, oh, I'm going to put stripes here instead of there. But then I'm just like, I've screwed up the lace pat i have just, I don't know. I'm just kind of muscling my way through it. Like, I'm just going to knit this thing. It's gotten a lot bigger since I saw you It is a lot time. bigger. And I've, like, turned the corner. You can't see it now because it's on the needles where um, you um, start knitting on the same number of stitches instead of increasing to kind of make the other side of the triangle. But, mm-hmm. but oh, Lordy. Anyway, <laughs> but... But it, it's gotten kind of big, so I didn't want to take it to New York with me. Okay. So instead, I had just I had start I had started the last time we recorded. I'd started the the don't know how to pronounce it. Busta Bustavini Busta 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 beanie? Busta. Busta beanie? Let's say Bustavini. I don't know.
0: So but just say it a bunch of different ways. The beanie, beanie might be right.
1: designed by Goodrich Johnson for Shetland Wool Week. Um, and I had like knit the ribbing and then set it aside. And I was like, what could I bring to New York? Maybe I'll start a pair of socks. And then I realized like, I have this very small project that I've only just started. And I realized too, that if I finished it while I was in New York, ha 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 ha. Um, <laughs> I could, you know, flip the colors around and knit another one. I'd have it. Oh, yarn. Yeah. not But that was not an issue because <sighs> I literally like, I carried it with me every day as we walked like 13 miles up and down Manhattan back and forth um and I just you know I wasn't like knitting a color work pattern as I was walking the streets of Jennifer, yeah. you know and I would just I'd I'd pull it out when we get back to the hotel I'd knit like around and then that would be it so I got a lot done on the plane there got a lot done on the plane back finished it right after I got back I'm very happy with the way it turned out um just used stash yarns for it which I think I talked about the last time like partial skeins of stuff um Yeah, and that's, like, that's really it. Really? But I did do some sewing. I know. It's, like, I've been so, work's been a little intense lately, and I, like, I come home from work, and I knit, like, three rows, and then I'm, like, I'm out and fall asleep. Actually, I've been knitting, like, a stupid scrap hat that I started, like, for movie knitting, Mm -hmm. but that really doesn't count, and I need to just finish the decreases on that, but it's kind of ugly and dumb. But what I have been doing also is sewing. Yeah. So that definitely ate up some time. So I finally finished, I really, honestly, I think I started it like four years ago, the Sorbetto tank top
0: mm-hmm. from
1: uh, Colette Patterns, which after it's like... It's a free download. It's a free download. And after working it and reworking it and changing it and adding Buster and doing all this stuff, finally finished it just in time to realize that she'd actually updated the pattern with all sorts of great stuff to it that I mm-hmm. didn't have in mind. Um, and I was like, I'm not going back. Like, I made so many muslins on this one dumb tank top. It's ridiculous. So that's done. Came out okay. I haven't worn it yet. And then um, I knit, or knit, I sewed a Hollyburn skirt, which I will say was sort of um, an Inside Number 23 inspired project, mm-hmm. which I gotta say, like, so I, I'll watch her vlogs. This is mm-hmm. um, with Katie. Katie. Yeah. I watch her vlogs. I think I, she listens. Hi, Katie. Oh, really? I hey. think so. Um, yeah, I watch her vlogs, but I don't always, I don't really commit to doing the whole podcast thing because mm-hmm. I'm a slacker in all areas of my life. <laughs> um, so I didn't realize until after I had made my, cause she talks about how much she likes the skirt. Didn't realize until I had made mine that she had a whole like sew along for it yeah. with like all sorts of videos. <laughs> and then I was like, well, that would have been super helpful when I was screwing this zipper up so badly. So... <laughs> Yes. Oh, that's so funny. I'm like a day late, a dollar short on everything. Um, yeah. (laughs) So then I've been working and reworking the muslin for crepe, which is another Colette pattern, which is a wrap front dress. And then realized like when I finally was like, my muslin's good, I'm ready. And oh, which also, I think you pointed out to me that Gertie, maybe I I don't know. We we discussed, Gertie has so long for it. So she's got a million blog posts about it. Um, so, uh. Anyway, I was all ready to cut it out when I realized, thankfully, before I started cutting anything, that I needed five yards of fabric, and I had three, and I don't know, like, where mm. that disconnect in my brain came from. I totally mm. thought I had enough fabric for it. So, that's been put
0: on hold,
1: and then I thought, like...
0: But you'll be ready when you get the... Get yeah. For it.
1: But then I thought, like, let's just work with what I have. Like, I already have... I wanted to use up the fabric that I had, so um started making a muslin... Many muslins for pastille, which is in the Colette what's her name of her sewing book like Colette sewing handbook I think mm-hmm. it's one of the so. simple dress pattern in that it's just got like a little cap sleeve and a straight skirt to it that has some um horizontal little pleats on it um so I feel like I've got that muslin like pretty much ready to go, but I was ready and I've like reworked it a million times. But I, um, I think the night that I was like, I think this is done. I, Wes was out of the house and I needed someone to like pin me into it for like oh. final, final assurances. And, he, but so then I decided I would look at a different color pattern. So I also bought fabric, I almost said yarn, bought fabric <laughs> to make a moneta dress, which is just a really simple, um, uh, like little round neck. Knit, um, knit dress. knit dress, yeah, with like a slightly gathered skirt, and um, so I have fabric for that. But then I started to hem and haw because since it's in a knit, you can't mm-hmm. make a muslin for it. Yeah, you basically can just buy cheaper knit fabric if you want and make a make practice it. dress. Yeah, so I did that, but I still haven't cut it anything yet. So I've got a lot of stuff like ready to go, but I just haven't uh, since. I had that initial like surge of sewingness. I surge of sewing. um, I like it. Surge, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I have things like in process, but not, but nobody really done yet. But um, that's a yeah. little process
0: though. Good for it you. is,
1: yeah. But not a lot cool. of knitting though. <laughs>
0: Um, I mean, you only have a certain amount of time that you can do for sure stuff. So, uh, let's see. Do, do, do. Well, I'll start with what I finished. I knit Of The Moon, which is a free shawl pattern by Caitlin French, um, on Ravelry, and it's a newer pattern. I knit that for Emily of Local Color Fiber Studio. She's going to Black Sheep. Oh, right. Yeah. and uh, I knit her sample in some fin angora yarn, which mm. is really nice. I really mean, like it, and it's just in a natural color. Is that one? That's is pretty. that the one
1: called Whole Flock?
0: Mm. Uh, I'm not sure. It didn't have a tag on it because oh, okay. it was n- a newer. I, I think it's what I bought from her at Madrona. I think they call it Whole Flock because yeah. it's the the she'd sport be weight, sheepy, and the and uh, and yeah. the bunnies. Um. So and that took one skein. Because this is, I'm not sure if it's exactly the same. It's 310 yards? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, it took one skein of that, and that was a really easy knit. So easy that I knit it in, like, a day. Got the okay. yarn Saturday night, and I finished it Sunday night, and then I blocked it and mailed it to her. Okay. Oh, boom! boom. <laughs> Fine. Be that way. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, and last time I was almost done with Imagine When by Hohilo Catelli, mm-hmm. which was a garter an eyelet shawl which I was having issues with it being like not the kind of because it's kind of knit in wedges. Um, you had to pay attention but I felt like it was too much attention for a garter stitch shawl and I finished it I think shortly after we finished recording okay. and I like it but I won't knit it again. Yeah. yeah. Like not really my cup of tea yeah. as far as knitting goes. And garter is not my favorite thing to knit either. Um, you know that's just me. Mm-hmm. But I didn't knit it Knit it in really nice yarn that I had for a long time. Sundara Silky Merino. Takes one skein. Because yeah. it's like 560 yards, I think. In the mint julep color. It's like a minty green. It definitely I'm nice. having, like kind of a minty moment these days. Yeah, sure.
1: It's been a lot I'm of days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh, I did another kind of minty green thing. Yeah. I took my leftover um, Hulocophila sock that I had knit a pair of socks in earlier this year, in the color Get Lucky, which is like a minty green base Mm -hmm. with like speckles in it, and I knit my own pattern, uh, yes, (laughs) I knit my own pattern, um, Voltos from the Warm Weather issue of Stranded Mag that came out this year, uh, in April, and I knit, I designed a little pair of ankle socks that have like a lace chevron pattern down the front, and I knit those, and they were so fast. I had never knit ankle socks before. Oh, yeah. So she's like, oh my gosh. No time at all. Yeah. So that was nice. And like, I have like that much yarn left still. Yeah. So two pairs of socks out of one skinny yarn. Cool. Yep. That's a good deal. Uh, I knit a sample cardigan, but I just want to say it because it's a whole stinking cardigan. <laughs> <laughs> I just mailed it off to the designer today. So uh, that was good. That was like when I was in my knitting funk. Oh, yeah. I knit that. And that was just like stocking it. I was like, "This is good because I don't know what to knit, and this is telling me what to knit. <laughs> I don't have to think about it or feel yeah. bad about like not having the urge. Like mm-hmm. I still wanted to knit, I just couldn't figure my figure crap out. What out. You to do. No, yeah. So that was right around when my job change was happening. So there was like a lot of weird stuff going on. Um. And I finished Mount Pleasant, which I talked about last time, yeah. by Megan Nodecker in Tosh BFL sock in the color Liquid Gold. And I wore it yesterday, and I love it. Yeah. And it's just a little crop top, uh, crop t shirt, drop sleeve, drop shoulder, whatever. There aren't really sleeves on it. Um, and it's knit bottom up and around, well, and flat, because you knit the yoke flat oh, okay. um, with a little lace thing at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And it took less than two skeins of sock yarn. Cool. So it was really fast. Even though I had to rip. I didn't alternate skeins. Oh, it was like it's so skeins. close. <laughs> it's so close in color. It'll match. Um, yeah. And it was really, really close. Like you can tell the difference in the sun. But once you knit them, I knit them like up against each other. I could tell. So I ended up ripping it. And that was up near the neckline. So I ripped it all the <laughs> way back. To just above the lace mm. and then started alternating. Because the lace kind of breaks it up so you wouldn't yeah. really be able to tell anyway. So, alternate skeins. Yes. <laughs> it's much. like I just needed the reminder. Yep. So then kind of cavalier about it. Yep. You just need to get caught
1: on that one so yeah. then you yeah. then you
0: remember. Especially when you knit like a holding shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's Yeah. Bad. Um, right now I'm knitting Nose Birthday Socks. Mm-hmm. I'm on the second one. I'm almost through. I'm most of the way through the gusset, I think. Uh-huh. And I just knit these on the bus. And then I'm knitting Catchfly by oh, right. Winka yeah. Lucas. I think that's how you say her name. It's from an old issue of Pom Pom. Uh-huh. And it's um yeah like a sleeveless top. That's the back right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I pointed over where none where of you can blocking. see where yes. the back is blocking. Yeah. So it's plain stack, stockinette on the back with shaping on the back, but the front doesn't have any shaping, but it does have a lace panel that runs down the center. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the sleeve shaping is built into the front and the back. Oh, okay. So it, like, you know, kind of drops sleevey mm-hmm. a little bit and just has, like, a crew neck, lower crew neck kind of wide. And then it has some kind of finishing around the. And talk about. This pretty, 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 pretty oh, yarn. The yarn. It's so I bought the yarn that the pattern calls for, and I almost never do that because it was really hard to find a substitute. Because you are talking about substituting yarns, last time. Yeah, I followed our advice. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, <laughs> I know. Um, it calls for BC Garn Sarah Tweed, which I couldn't find in any yarn store, so I mm. ordered it online. But it is, I think it's forty-five wool. And 55 silk. Is there a tag right yeah. here? Right there. Um, and I got the blue. It's like all worn off. Yeah, it wears off what really fast.
1: It? 50 mulberry silk, 10%
0: barrette okay. silk, and
1: 40% wool.
0: Yeah, so the barrette silk are the noils. So oh, the yeah. nubs. Because it's tweety. It is you know? Danish. Yes. So you know how I like a tweety yarn. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have kind of a limited color palette. I think, like, ten, 8 to 10 colors. Um... But mine is, like, a dark blue. It's so pretty. Yes. Um, one of the... So, it's really hard to find a substitute because it's, like, silk um, silk noils, mm-hmm. or the Tweety bits are silk, and the mulberry silk with that smaller percentage of wool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I think in Ravelry's database... Or maybe it's in the pattern. It says it's a worsted weight yarn, but it's not. Like, we the can, slubby parts the are The label is saying
1: 19 stitches for 10 centimeters on a 3.5 millimeter needle.
0: Yeah. So, I'm using... That's it's so that's weird. A strange gauge. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm using... And I had to, like, redo some math, which was easy because it was stockinette. I'm using a 3.25... No, that's a three. I'm using a two and a half to knit it. Oh, okay. So, so it's like a heavy fingering or sport, but you're not getting 19 so stitches. No. Yeah. The, the two, gauge is like 24? Four it's like uh, a sport gauge. Yeah. Um. So, you can see the problems with trying to find a substitute yeah. <laughs> yarn unless you want to redo all the math. Well, also, and it's hard also because you've never...
1: Never seen the yarn before, so yeah. you didn't really know what you were substituting for. You just it was just stats on a page. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna I wanna look on Ravelry really quick yeah. and see what the yarn is. Um do, 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 what it's called in Ravelry. Do, do, do. Oh.
1: Worsted. Worsted. Which it's not. Well like. it makes sense though, because they're saying nineteen stitches to four inches. Yeah. And that... By most people's standards, is worsted, but then they're also saying that
0: you're knitting it on a two and a half, US two and a half to a six. That's just strange. Yeah, so the gauge is super wackadoo. Yeah. Just so in case you're interested in this yarn, two. you definitely want to do a good gauge swatch. Yeah. So I did have to reduce some math. My um, stitch gauge was really close, but my row gauge was off. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it was 34 rows in the pattern to four inches, and I got 36. So it was like close enough, but I redid math to make sure everything would Mm -hmm. work the way I wanted it to. But I'm like more than halfway through the front, and I finished the back already. So, yeah. That's like the only thing I've been working on at home. Okay. Because it's really easy when the lace pattern down the front is really easy to memorize, so it's Mm -hmm. good TV knitting. Yeah. What, what a good segue. Can yeah. we talk about
1: TV knitting? Yeah. TV watching? Yeah. I have a few, or I've watched a bunch of
0: things, and a few of them okay. I have. I have Very two books, movies, but one's but just like, I finished a book by, oh, grow by Alice Bag, is. which is the memoir oh, right, by yeah. Alice Bag. Which she's like a teacher, she teaches English to um, um elementary school students, where English is their second language, and she's like a big advocate for uh, second English as a second language learners and literacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm reading The Sleeping Giant oh. by Kazuo Ishiguro. Wow. Yeah, a um, Berry Giant, the Berry Giant. Yes, I do not actually look at the book. Yeah, I see what it was called. <laughs> um, so yeah i reading oh, cool. that. It's kind of slow. It is. It took a long while for me to get into it, but yeah, I'm about halfway through. Yeah, and where they're they're at the monastery with the okay. birds right yeah. now. So, um, yeah. So and I read a um, book
1: too. Yay! I finished an Art book club book from last month, which is Euphoria by Lily James, which is a fictionalized telling, uh, imagining of a Margaret Mead esque character. And her a character based very closely on her husband, and another character based very closely on another anthropologist um, in the nineteen twenties uh, in, New, in, in New Guinea studying the tribes there, um, and very much about them. And but I, which I, I liked it. Um, it's it's really interesting because we've now read in our book club like not through any Effort, just ended up reading numerous books that have multiple narrators or narration that is pulled from different sources so like mm-hmm. some of the stuff in the in this book is from journals or from um other sources but also the narration shifts point of view um and then and which happens in buried giant which happened in uh, Where'd You Go, Bernadette, which happened uh, happened in *Voice No Bird. So it's just interesting that we seem to, uh, I don't know if this is like, its just a, if, it, if it's a weird coincidence or if this is like the new thing in literature, then <laughs> books just shift pers- uh, point of view a lot. But yeah, they've all kind of done that. But anyway, I enjoyed it. It's very small, a short book. Um, and yeah, I don't have a ton to say, but I don't think it was like, life changing but i it was a pleasant read and or an interesting read um and doesn't it doesn't like directly comment on maybe it wasn't such a great idea that these these anthropologists were like bushwhacking into new guinea to like study these uh, previously undisturbed tribes there um but it does kind of You get hints of what um, that influence meant to, or you know, did to those communities a bit, or the process of becoming discovered by um, uh, the outside world meant for these communities. So, um, yeah, so it was interesting. Um, Yeah, not much else to say about that. (laughs) But watching. Oh my gosh. Because I watch something that i'm like hardly the first person to watch it but i watched season 2 of master of none mhm and i can't remember the last time i did this like i stopped myself from watching it too much because i just wanted to savor like every episode <laughs> and after one episode i actually like i kind of was like my goodness this is just the best television Ever. Like, I just, I, I love, love, love what he's doing with the show, the way he's experimenting with television, the way he's choosing to tell stories in really unconventional ways. And it, like, I got, like, misty about it. Like, just sitting there <laughs> thinking about the show. And I just, I love, love what he's doing with the show. I just think it is, is just, like, sublime for me. It's so, I love his storytelling. I did not get misty about anything I watched. So. Okay. Well, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> and then speaking of things to get misty about, on the plane of all places, um, Wes and my younger son had already seen a Japanese anime called Your Name, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and I hadn't had a chance to see it. They saw it when it was in the theater, but it was showing on the plane, oh. and it shows in subtitles, so I was like, normally I'm not big on seeing like a good quality film on an airplane, but... was going to be subtitled anyway. Um, and so it's hard to explain it without spoiling anything about it, but I will just say it's about a teenage boy and a teenage girl and it has like a, a body swap element to it. Interesting. Um, and then, and then it goes in different places, but it is just really, um, beautiful and sweet and funny. Um, and I would definitely recommend seeing it. I don't, I think it doesn't come out on DVD for another month or two. Um, and I don't even know if they did a dubbed version of it because there's a lot of nuance of language they're trying to capture because the way that, um, boys and girls speak Japanese is very different. And so that's kind of one of the, the clues of the body swap is the, the way they speak. And so there's, they kind of, um, are able to explain it a little bit in the subtitles that if they dubbed it, there'd be absolutely no way to include oh, okay. any kind of language, like things like personal pronouns, like the way, um, a man or boy would say I versus the way a girl says it are completely different. Mm-hmm. And there's no way that you'd be able to dub that. Yeah. And convey that. Um, but anyway, but it was really, really sweet. And, um, pretty and interesting and goes can I say the same thing every time. Goes in very unexpected directions, which I really enjoyed about it. I really had no idea what was going to happen. The other thing I watched that the made play, you misty. That didn't make me misty. <laughs> that made my younger son watch rewatching it over my shoulder cried again watching Aww. it. <laughs> he really, really liked it. He felt and I asked him too, like what about it like got uh, you so emotional and I think he just felt like it captured that some sort of poignancy about like adolescence and life and love and longing. Aww. And, um, so, um, uh, but yeah, really, really cute film. Um, and not for little, little kids. Um, definitely for, um, for teens. Uh, and then, but the other thing I had to watch was I remembered when I was in the airport that I could download, um, stuff from netflix on oh, my yeah. ipad so mm. i used like the free wi-fi before we got on the plane and i watched the keepers which yeah. you had watched the last time mm-hmm. we talked um which is if you didn't listen to the last episode it's sort of it's a documentary about these women who are trying to keep the investigation alive about uh the murder of a nun and another woman who was murdered in the same like in the same week basically in 1969 And how it may or may not relate to allegations of sexual abuse by priests, um, at a Catholic high school, um, in Baltimore. And, um, I gotta say, I didn't, I didn't love it Mm -hmm. because, I mean, no, like I love sexual abuse. No, um, but I didn't, I felt like, well, one, I felt like the people they were profiling are, they're so desperate to have answers to what happened, which obviously completely understandable. They're talking about like a beloved teacher or sibling whose murder has been unsolved for 40 years, Mm -hmm. but they're so desperate. I feel like they are grasping at some connections that there are no actual facts to bear out. Mm -hmm. And they're trying almost, um, instead of, You know, like it's it's basically it's like bad investigative practices where instead of finding the facts and understanding what is happening, they are skewing the facts. They are they've sort of decided Yeah, they sort of decided what they think happened and then they're taking the facts and being like, see this fact shows what I
0: didn't really get that from it. Um I mean slightly, not a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean they're definitely like, no, this isn't this isn't what we like we didn't This isn't what we thought it was. What I found interesting is the one woman who does so much of the physical research, Mm -hmm. like not the one that talks to people, the other one. Yeah. That there are so many missing documents. Yes. Like, it was, quote unquote, lost in a flood, quote unquote, lost in a fire, or it's missing. Yeah. Like, that, to me, there's there's something going on. There's
1: totally something going on. I mean, well, I mean, someone murdered these two women. I mean, someone or some several people you know we don't know these two women were murdered their murders have gone unsolved so there's absolutely that Mm -hmm. there are um a torrent of allegations of sexual abuse at this high school Mm -hmm. so i mean things happened terrible things happened Mm -hmm. but there i i think the part that made well one that They didn't happen to, like, luck out where, like, there was some kind of big break over the course of filming. Mm -hmm. So they're still, you know, they're still searching for answers, but there were just moments where they're, like, I don't know. It's just, like, almost, like, the fact that they're just, like, aching so much for resolution Mm -hmm. themselves that I feel like they're, like, reaching for things that, you know, ready to accept anything any plausible answer. I feel like that if someone can finally say like, okay, this is, this was what happened. They're like, Oh good. Who, um, as opposed to, um, I, I, feel like that maybe that's what it is. They're seeking resolution more than they're seeking actual truth of the situation on mm-hmm. some level, or that's how it felt to me a little bit. I don't know. I found that a little, um, yeah, I don't know. Or they're, they're still just exploring so many different avenues. It just doesn't, tie together i mean and also i mean you know it's not like you start to investigate something like this as a filmmaker and you're guaranteed anything that actually mm-hmm. like comes together in any meaningful way so maybe it's just the fact that as a
0: piece of television it
1: didn't have any way of kind of i mean it's not like, it's like when a
0: man like where the guys find out the Winnebago oh. man like that he what, what? was well, no, they, no? <laughs> no, Winnebago Man, the guy okay. who did the Winnebago right, video. Yeah. It's not like they found him living like in this cabin someplace and uh-huh. he was. they're like, well, what was going on when you made this video and all these outtakes where you were cursing everybody and all this stuff. He's like, well, I was going through a really bad time. Yeah. <laughs> then, like, explains what happened behind the yeah. promotional video for Winnebago. That's a great documentary, yeah. by the way. Or, recommend or it.
1: something like Making a Murderer, where, at least as an observer, you walk away with some very... Like, maybe you don't know what happened, but you walk away with some very definite opinions about some of the things that occurred over the course of filming that documentary. Or over the course of that investigation. Um... But I guess what this is like, I walked away with like, all right, they're, they're proposed any number of possible suspects. They don't actually still have any evidence about it. So it was maybe sort of an exercise of sharing their frustration and their hunt for answers. Um, But I, I I don't know. There were just a few things. But also like the way they want they visualize some things, I thought like they,
0: um, I don't know, I I, I just it, and uh, I watched a ton different. of true crime documentaries, yeah. so maybe I just like didn't, I probably just didn't see it the same way, yeah.
1: Um, and then lastly, we saw Baby Driver in the theater this mm-hmm. weekend, and so it's directed by Edgar Wright. And it's about a, like, child prodigy getaway driver Mm -hmm. who's, like, got to do, like, the one last heist. Um, it has a great cast. It has a killer soundtrack. Um, and the music is, like, a really integral part of the film. And, um, I've heard someone describe it as, like, a really good, like, playlist with a car chase attached to it. Or someone else described it as, like, a, a musical performed with cars. Um... The, there's, like, a really intense level of choreography of, like, integrating the music and the cars stuff together. Um, and it's Edgar Wright, so it's got kind of a um, fun, quirky sense of humor. And it's got John Hammond and Jamie Foxx and Kevin Spacey. And, um, and I really, really, really enjoyed it. And <laughs> I've been, like, listening to the soundtrack endlessly. It was... Some of the tracks came on and I was like, oh my God, yes. So mm-hmm. there's just like, from things like Golden Earring to The Damned <laughs> to Sam and Dave, it's just like kind of all over the place. And every song you're like, yes, thank you. <laughs> I will take that. Um, uh, I enjoyed that a lot. Cool. Gleefully violent, not for the kids.
0: <laughs> Despite the name Baby <laughs> Yes.
1: No Babies Please.
0: No, and I went to see Alien Covenant was okay. Yeah. I don't think it deserves the alien title <laughs> at all. Oh. Same as Prometheus. Like there are fine science fiction movies, but they don't belong in that alien story arc really. And I just um feel like I mean it was fun to watch good sci-fi um but I don't know putting the alien name on it. I'm just like eh, not really. Um I don't like that they took in the Alien series. The story is really about Ripley, who's this badass lady, and they made it all about this male synthetic robot guy. I don't really care for that at all.
1: Yeah,
0: it seems like the opposite of what should happen given the year 2017. If anything, we should have like more badass women.
1: Yes. I would like that.
0: Speaking of which, I saw Wonder Woman.
1: Which I left off my list. I saw Wonder Woman, too. Yeah. I thought I talked about it the last time, but then I was just looking at my notes. Yes.
0: I liked it. I liked it, too. Yeah. Um. And there was a preview for the... What was it? The one where they're all together again. I oh, Justice the, League. Yeah. Looks like a piece of poop. Yeah. Well... Will not see. Yeah. I don't like Ben Affleck. No. As an actor. No. Unless he's, like, in a side role. No. Hate him as Batman. Yep. I'll just say it. Yep. Um, But Wonder Woman was great. Yes. Agreed. Costumes were amazing, especially the Amazon, like, in the beginning, all the weather stuff. Did you see? So
1: good. Someone was posting on Facebook, like, a kind of a little tweet storm of uh, a costume designer who was talking about how incredible it was and was, like, citing, was, like, sharing photographs of, like, actual, like, Roman armor to show... Like what she felt like the inspiration must have been for the costume design. And that's what she really loved about it was that the costume design was based on, it wasn't just to be like sexy and cute, it Mm -hmm. was based
0: on real armor. It looked like armor for women, and I really liked it. And it had a lot of surprising, because it was like metal and leather, but it had so much movement. And then they they also had freedom of movement because they were doing all this training and stuff. Robin Wright was super good. Yeah. Like I didn't everyone know she was, was in it. Yeah, I didn't even It started and I was like,
1: "Huh?" Well, yeah. yeah. Well, that's like the, the 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 meme people have been sharing with a picture of Robin Wright in this and a picture of Carrie Fisher in the last Star Wars movie mm-hmm. saying that like the my the princesses of my childhood have all grown up to be generals, <laughs> which I really enjoyed that. Yes. Yeah. Um Yeah, I really love the I love the look of it. And, um, yeah, the costumes were great. But
0: I mean, there were, there were a couple hokey mo- moments, yeah. a little too much slow motion, but I feel like that's expected in action movies now. Yeah. But overall, very good. I went and saw it with a bunch of PTA moms, <laughs> which awesome. was actually great. Uh-huh, that's not my normal crowd, <laughs> yeah. but it was really good. They did not mind my talking at the screen. They thought it was funny, so that's good. (laughs) Because Noah gets really embarrassed. Uh, I usually don't talk during the actual movie. I make commentary on uh, previews. Yes. Oh, previews
1: are so out of hand. Where did you see Wonder Woman? uh, Majestic, Um, over the bay. They're not so bad about it. We've been yeah, going like to... There are like four, maybe five. We've been going to Thornton Creek, which, if you live in Seattle, Thornton Creek now does sign seating, which is definitely That's like... That's all of Regal. Oh, is it all Regal? Yeah. That's definitely a point in favor of. It's so nice because you can order your tickets online, and then you can walk into the theater like two minutes before the movie starts and not have to watch all that other bowl. Um, but they have gotten so crazy with the trailers. There it's have like literally been like eight or nine trailers before every movie, and they're all... Terrible looking, like every. Oh my god, the trailers were all so bad when we went to Baby Driver. Um, we we're just like Ugh, the new Blade Runner
0: preview looks pretty good. I'm yeah. excited, <laughs> but Blade Runner is my favorite sci-fi movie. Yeah. So, Hours of Judgment, I feel well. We'll see. I was pretty excited about it.
1: Have you? You haven't seen Arrival yet, have you?
0: Because it's the same director as Arrival, and
1: yeah, I'm. I'm Guardedly optimistic for Blade Runner, which but there was a lot of other stuff that looks like a giant pile of poop.
0: Yeah, sure does. Super poopy, which is what I said. Yeah, was with the PTA moms. Yes. Um, Speaking of like superheroes, I'm (gasps) watching Smallville, (laughs) which is a series from the early 2000s um, with Tom Welling as Superman. But it you know it's small town teen drama. It's kind of like Buffy where there's, like, a a thing every week, like, kind of a monster Monster every week, week, and then an overarching story Uh about their relationships. Um, and it's all on Hulu. Yeah. Um, but it's just, like, instead of watching Buffy again, which I'm watching some of Buffy (laughs) again, I've been, like, watching that, too, which is, it's just fun. Um, and I like it. Let's see. I watch Okta, which is the new Netflix movie that's really popular, that's, a Bong Joon-ho, um... Movie he did, The Host,
1: and he did Snowpiercer, both of
0: which I really like. Um, Noah hated it. He got really
1: angry about it. Oh, I started to watch it, and Wes came in, and he's like, you're watching it without us? Which is, like, the first time he'd ever mentioned that this thing existed. (laughs) I'm like, we never talked about it. He's like, oh, I thought, you know, we could all watch it together. I was like, okay, so. Yeah. Pause. And I'm mm-hmm. um, like, I know he's
0: uh, never going to come back around and want to watch it. Uh, has Tilda Swinton in it, who everyone knows is one of my favorite people yes. in the entire world. And she's great and gross at the same time. <laughs> Just like in Snowpiercer. Yeah. Yeah. She's really good at that. Um, it's about a girl who becomes friends with this uh, little, little, it's not a little, little animal called Super Pig. Um, it's kind of enough about... Uh, uh, like agro business and corporate greed, but there's this lovely friendship between the girl and her super pig, who's named Opja, and um, a series of things happens. I won't spoil any of it because I think you should just watch it. Um, unless you're Noah. Unless you're Noah, he hated it. <laughs> he was like. I can't believe you made me watch that. I was like, I didn't want, I didn't make you watch <laughs> yeah. it. I asked if you wanted to watch it with me. Um, but I love the girl. Uh-huh. The only person I didn't like in it was Jake Gyllenhaal. He's yeah. like this washed up, um, kids host, kids TV, sh- like the show animal. host, like an animal, um, yeah, like a kids, National Geographic kind of TV show. Yeah. I was going to say, what's mm-hmm. the name of that Australian guy who, who died? Died, yeah. J- yeah. Jeff Corbin? Am I making it I'm the not name? sure. I don't know Am I might making that name. Um, but I really disliked him. I mean, he was a dislikable character, but... You didn't like his performance. I didn't like his performance at all. That was, yeah. like, totally wackadoo. Mm-hmm. I was like, you don't have to try so hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, they didn't really explain, except for the fact that he's washed up, why he was, like, so angry and crazy. So, uh, I didn't get that. Um... I also liked how seamlessly and easily it seemed to be multilingual. Mm-hmm. So there are subtitles. It's like kind of like a kid's movie, but for adults. Yeah. It's definitely not kid-friendly. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, I really liked it. I recommend it. Cool. You can watch it without us. Yeah, I'll wait until Wes <laughs> forgets that he wanted to watch it with me and... And then the last two things I watched are documentaries. One is Tower, which is about the 1966 uh, University of Texas Austin shooting, which is done in this way, like, scanner darkly. Oh,
1: right. I heard about
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's where they film everything and then, like, run it through this process where it kind of animates everything. Um, It was great. And it really integrates... Uh, original footage and interviews of people into that kind of uh filming like cartoon animated filming so well um and yeah i thought it was amazing oh cool amazing so if you like documentaries i would watch that one yeah And then the last one I watched was Out of Thin Air, which is an Icelandic true crime documentary, which I'd never heard of this crime, because there's not a lot of crime in Iceland, so it's a really well-known case, Um, where this woman, who was in the 60s, like hippie love fest, 60s, 70s, I think, early 70s, you know, this kind of hippie culture thing where this woman meets this guy, and they get in this relationship that's kind of not it's bad for both of them. It seems like, but he's supposed to be this kind of criminal element and they fall in love and they come up with this plan to embezzle all this money. So she's then pulled into questioning about it. And at the same time that happened, that's happening. Um, very recently two people two men had disappeared like a couple weeks apart and so she falsely accuses her I'm not sure if they're married or not her boyfriend or husband um of murdering them okay because she has this weird dream and then there are all these uh like really harsh interrogation tactics that they used. To get information out of her. Which he. She. Implicates him. And some of his friends. But then they say yes. They did it. But then they didn't actually. Because they were pulled in for questioning. And then they were like. Kept up for 50 hours. And like. Not given food. And then the lights were left on all night. Like. All these crazy things that happened. So it's. It was crazy. I never heard of it before. Um, so it's. Kind of about how we remember things. Yeah. And how in this case, because they were all convicted of different things. I don't There were like four of them. The woman and the three guys, I believe. And they all served time. And it was just this kind of media circus, too. Um, But then they all got out of prison. And the guy... I think his name was Sevar, Sevar, Selva, something like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he like moved to the U.S. to try and start a new life, but then decided that he wanted to uh, clear his name and moved back and died like a, this penniless drunk from going bankrupt over fighting uh, the court and to clear his name. So uh, it was interesting, really well done. Uh, I really liked... Because the woman, I think her name was Elva, um, how she talked about her memories and trying to figure out what the truth was mm-hmm. after the whole process started snowballing.
1: That's kind of funny because I trust feel like it. with the Keepers, that was kind of at the heart of it, too, is that mm-hmm. all these, like... Rep- repressed memories of sexual abuse and that I felt like there was there wasn't a lot of questioning of what like that once someone said I remember this happened to me the filmmakers at least sort of presented as like yeah. well, this is a fact because this person remembers this
0: yeah. as in this case to- it was the police who were like no you said this and you were going with it Yeah. No matter how they got the initial or following confessions. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. And
1: because it's, I mean, I I think it's pretty well documented that memory is actually really unreliable, which is why when you're solving crimes, you really want to rely on like hard evidence more than eyewitness accounts or, you know, that especially when a case is really old, then people's memories... Sort of start to uh, shift.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So this was the woman. Um, I believe her name is Elva. Like I said, uh, I watched this a couple weeks ago, so I have there, I've lost all that memory. I was <laughs> speaking, of memory. Say, speaking of memories. Speaking of memories. About because she's talking about it now or when it was filmed, and she's you can still see her trying to figure out what happened because they never found bodies for the two men that disappeared
1: oh.
0: um, but she's like I know I mean I would know that we consciously made a decision to embezzle this money I don't know if I was asleep or awake when I thought I heard um, my boyfriend and his friends in the other room if that was a dream about me like she it's she can't really distinguish between memory and reality, like we kind of think about those things as being the same. But like, there's this big blurry gray area. Yeah. Um. So that was just really interesting, and then it was like Iceland. So there yeah. was some knitwear. That was really good. <laughs> That was good. Let's get to the important <laughs> part. How are the costumes? I mean, yes. Yeah. You yeah. Wear, good costumes. Good. Yeah, good. Okay. sweaters. There yeah. you go. Cool. All righty. All
1: right. Is that everything for us? That's everything. That's everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, you can find us on Double the Ravelry Group Double Knit Podcast Fans. Mm-hmm. And you can find show notes at doubleknit.net. And we'll hopefully talk to you soon. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.